0: Today I want to turn your attention to Acts chapter 2 verse 42 and 43. And it says of the early church, this is in your notes or on the screen, you can follow along today, it says this, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And a deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Isn't that awesome? Like, shouldn't our lives be the same? Um, I, I, like this miraculous type life that the early church had. And I, I just find it interesting that the, the Holy Spirit came into the church and just created this moment, this powerful moment with God. But before the moment could become a movement of God, before the moment of God could become the movement of God, there had to be some habits, some, some holy habits, some rhythms that this early church got into. And, uh, and, and those rhythms just created this group of people that, man, just signs and wonders and miracles were just taking place everywhere that they were going. And, and, that, and I just want to say this. That's how we're called to be. We're called to be people that, that, that people uh, experience the power of God whenever we're just, just, just sharing what God's done in our lives every day. So anyways, I want to title this message this morning, Value His Voice. Value His Voice. His voice. This is one of the habits we're going to be talking about for the next few weeks. Value His voice. Could we pray together and just ask God to speak to us today? We're talking about the voice of God. Let's ask God to speak. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to come together. Lord, I realize you can speak more in a moment than I could speak in a lifetime. So, Lord, would you speak to our hearts, speak to our lives. Let us see Jesus. Lord, let us be like this early church, Lord, that just valued your voice and had such a heart uh, for you. God, develop, uh, turn this from a moment into a movement in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody said amen. I have a question for you this morning. How many of you remember the very first cell phone you ever owned. Anybody remember the first cell phone? Got me thinking, my kids keep asking me for a phone, and I'm like, absolutely not. You're six and four and three months old. The three-month-old has not asked for a phone yet, but I'm sure he will from the moment. I've considered many times making a shirt and selling it online Say, Dad, can I have your phone? Because I think my kids have said that phrase more than anything else in the world, and I got thinking about phones the first cell phone that I remember seeing was this. My dad had a, a bag phone in his car. Anybody ever, anybody ever seen one of these, like one of these dinosaurs? Anybody ever have one of these? Yeah, we got some people that had one. Yeah, I, I remember how cool it was, but you could only talk on it for like five seconds. Because that thing was costing you money every moment. Uh, it was like calling. It was like going around circumventing the globe every time that you picked up that phone, that bag phone. It, I remember my dad it sit right there. He had a truck. It sit right there under the under the gear shift of the truck. I remember as a kid, the first time I just really wanted a cell phone was watching none other than than this this man right here um, with his cell phone, Zach Morris's phone. Anybody ever seen Saved by the Bell? Children of the 90s in the house, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was like, man, what would it be like to just take a phone to school, you know, and just, just <laughs> have it. Uh, and, but this was my, my first cell phone. I was 16, and this was, this was my first cell phone, and it was simply this. I think it's the Nokia 6100. Anybody have the Nokia 6100? Come on. You, how many of you played Snake on that, you know, Snake text messaging did, did not exist. I mean, maybe it did. We didn't understand. It probably cost $100 a, a text or something like that, but the Nokia 6100, and it's so funny uh, that, that you, this thing was indestructible. I mean, this, this thing was indestructible. I probably, there's someone probably using one right now. It still works, but uh, it, it's so funny whenever you think about what we have now in the palm of our hands compared to what we used to use just, you know, just 10 years ago, 15 years ago. It's absolutely unbelievable, and you would think it would be, like, so much better, <laughs> but can I get a witness that that this thing, it, I mean, I've been getting notifications while I'm sitting here in church. Like, it, it can be, it can become so uh, obtrusive just with the notifications that are constantly coming, and I'm a techie. I, I mean, I'm a nerd to the core, and so I have, you know, whenever my phone rings, I have like eight things that ring simultaneously in my home. My entire house and car and watch and phone and my kids' iPad. Like everything in my house is ringing. Can anybody else like that? You know, it's like, man, it's just everywhere. And in the middle of the night, you know, you're getting you're getting notifications and news stories. And there's just all of these things that are constantly. And I just have to get to the point where it's like, shut it off. Like silence. Silence. Um, be, because it can get so overwhelming And I, I just think that's really just a, a, a picture of our society today That there's so many choices of voices in our lives There's so many choices of voices of what we listen to uh, Of what comes in and, and if I could say this I believe that the loudest voice in our lives Will be the voice that defines, like, defines our future Or if I could say it like this Who you are today and who I am today Is because of the voices that I've made the loudest Or I've allowed to be the loudest in my life Like in the radio in in your car I have XM radio in my car And there are all these different stations But here's the reality I have the choice which voice to listen to And I think a lot of times Just because it's easy and because it's noise And because it's there We can listen to the voice of less Maybe it's the voice of our past Maybe it's the voice of yesterday, of mistakes that we've made, or things. Maybe it's the voice of our circumstance, our problems. Maybe it's just whatever we're in right now. It's just that's the loudest voice in our life. Our, our kids, are raising kids, we're in our career, and just it's just the voice of the problems of our day. It's just so loud in our ears. Or maybe it's the voice of other people. We, we just can't seem to escape what other people have said or what other people are saying about us. And I'll say all those things, not all of them bad, but all of those things can easily become the voice of less in our life. But I want to introduce you this morning to a voice that has the power to change every other voice. And I just simply call it the voice of more. It's the voice of more. It's the voice of God. I don't know if you've ever thought of God this way, but... God speaks. And really, that's one of the things that separates the God, the God of the Bible, the true God, from from just religion around the world or different religions. That for us... We don't believe that God was just something archaically in the in in, the, in in history that kind of made all this, you know, spun the world into existence, and now here we are, kind of uh, just trying to behave well enough and be religious enough to try to get God to kind of let us into this some type of paradise or nirvana or thing that he created if I could just be good enough you know that that I if I could just do enough for God to actually love me but 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 the God that we serve I want to encourage you today he's not just interested in you practicing a religion for him he's interested in having a relationship with you and that relationship is all about his voice man how cool is that that God wants to speak. You ever you ever wondered which way should I go? What decision should I make? How should I live my life? How is there hope? Can should should I stay or should I go? Or should I well, you know, all these questions, you know, we serve a God that wants to speak to you. And he wants to speak to me. I feel like as a pastor, the question I get so much is, how do I know the voice of God? And and and, and I can identify with that question too, because I wonder that as well. I want to just kind of teach a little bit on this today. How can we we tune out the voices of less and tune into the voice of more in our life? There are two ways, I think, that God speaks to us. Number one, through the Holy Spirit. We talked about that a few weeks ago, and you should listen to that message if you missed it, that there's this voice that God speaks to us, the power of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is that invisible presence of God that is here with us right now. Like when we say, God is here... We're not, we're not, we're not, I'm not meaning like God's like back in the office and like after I get done, like we're going to bring God out here this morning. That's not what I mean. When I say God's here, we're saying God is here in the person of the Holy Spirit and the, like, like the Holy Spirit is here and, and, and the Holy Spirit can give you ideas and speak to you um, things that you don't come from your brain. That's why we need to be open to the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We talked about that a few weeks ago. But, but one thing about the other way that God speaks to us, so, so one, the Holy Spirit, but, but two, is the Bible, the Word of God. And here's what's important about that, is that God will never speak something to you by His Spirit that will not agree with the Word of God. So it's important that we understand and value the voice of God. Value the Bible. So if I could say it this way, simply this, the Bible was never intended to just be a book that you read. The Bible is intended to be a voice that you hear. Big difference. There are a lot of books that are probably on your shelf just like there are at mine at home. And and, and I'm thankful for books to read and knowledge to be able to gain from those books. But, but, But the Bible is completely different. I just want to fire you up here this morning about the Word because the Bible is not just a book. It's no ordinary book. It's actually God's voice in your life. That, that, that reading the Bible is not just hearing, reading a book, it's hearing a voice. That's why 2 Timothy 3.16, not in your notes, but it simply says this, all Scripture is inspired by God, or simply this, God-breathed. Like, you you want to know what God's voice sounds like? It's right here. It's, it's God-breathed. It's the voice of God. See, I don't want to convince you this morning to just read your Bible. I want you to value His voice. See, there are a lot of people that just read the Bible as a book, but... Everything changed in this life of the early uh, the d- disciples, this early church. Whenever they say, hey, they just devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They didn't even have what we would, cons- we, they didn't have the New Testament scriptures at that time. They just had the Old Testament writings. But there was something so th- th- in their heart that they said, I don't want to just live my life in my own wisdom. I want to be taught. I, wanna, I, I value God's voice in my life. So, so how do we do that? How do we do that in our lives? How do we value the voice of God? I want to turn your attention to Matthew chapter 7 and a a passage where Jesus is talking about just this topic, like like his voice and the difference that it makes in our lives. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 says this Anyone who listens, listens, anyone who listens to, to it, not just read it, but it's a voice. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is what? they're wise like a person who builds a house on solid rock I love that the rain comes in and torrents and the flood waters, waters rise and the winds beat against that house but it won't collapse why because it's been built on bedrock but anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish like a person who builds a house on sand when the rain's and floods come, and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. From this passage where Jesus is talking, there's one promise, is that storms are going to come. You say, Pastor, be more positive. Let me. I'm positive storms are going to come in our lives. And the strength of your home, of your life, of this house that God's building, is going to be defined by the strength of your foundation. That the, the quality of the foundation that you have, that's going to be the determining factor of if your house stands or if it falls. It doesn't matter how big the house is. It doesn't matter if it looks all nice and it's on Pinterest. It doesn't matter like if it's got all the perfect uh, flowers in the front. And all. Like, the only thing that defines if it's going to stand or if it's going to fall has to do with the foundation so here's the question what is your foundation like what is the loudest voice in your ears right now like what are the things that you're allowing to be the loudest voice and, 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 and is, it, is it God's word so he, here's some wrong foundations I want to share I think it's really easy for these voices to be so loud that we, we try to build our lives on here's the first one if you're taking notes popular culture popular culture it's easy to build our lives just on, on popular culture What everyone else is doing, popular culture is established by movies, media, TV, news, trends, fads. Like, what is, what's the foundation? Is it what everybody else thinks? We have a a conversation in our home all the time. Like, how much of this culture are we going to allow in our home? How much are we going to allow our kids to experience, like, like, how much of our lives are we... Like you don't have to just because it's out there. You don't have to bring it in. Like you have a choice to choose which station you're listening to, because uh, popular comes and goes, but truth never changes. Church, like like popular is going to come and go, um, but 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 if it, it's a roller coaster ride, if you, you know, if you're if you're a student, it's a roller coaster ride. Trying to just figure out what's popular. You be who God's called you to be. And let, let, let everything, let God be true and every man a liar. That's what the scripture says. You stand for God. Because trends come and go. My mom was going through old pictures this week, and, and she s- sent me some pictures of myself. And, and here's, here's one of them. And uh, it's, I don't know if you can see that, but that's my mullet whenever I was a little there. And I just said, Mom, why did you let me have a mullet? Like, what's the, oh, you see it. There we go. The mullet. There we go. It was business in the front, party in the back, everybody. How many thankful? Trends, you can take that off right now. I. <laughs> so think trends change like, like don't build it on that exodus 30 23 2 not in your notes I mean, in your notes it says don't follow the crowd and doing wrong like you don't don't just live your life following the crowd here's the second thing we build our lives on that i think it's the wrong foundation simply this tradition tradition uh, traditions aren't bad um, but they are bad when they're placed over truth and a lot of times there are things in the Word of God that may not align with the tradition that we grew up with. And the question is, what do you do? Are you going to build your life on tradition? Or are you going to build your life on truth? Um, of, of Jesus dealt with this so much with the Pharisees that they were building their lives on the traditions of men instead of on the Word of God. Church, the Word of God matters more than what anybody else says or thinks or what our parents or grandparents did. And I would say this: if your parents uh, had a heart to follow God, and then God's given you more revelation of who He is, you honor what they taught you by stepping into more of what God's giving you. You don't disgrace. I always say it's it's from faith to faith and glory to glory. We should be growing in God. And and not defined just by the tradition of our ancestors we should we should be pursuing all of God that 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 we can that we can have in our lives tradition here's the third thing feelings I mean, I'm sorry here's the third thing. reason 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 getting ahead of myself reason Man, I think this is uh, this is our day and age today especially uh, my generation today and 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 I can totally identify with this it's easy to say well the Bible just kind of an outdated book and it didn't really mean what it says, and and, and it feels like I, just watching the news and um, what's what's happening in the culture today, and I'm I'm very much just kind of uh, a student of that and find it fascinating. But it feels like every day there's someone talking about the Bible in regard to uh, different areas of our life, different ways, whether it's our sexuality or morality or different areas, and it's and it's this question: Did God like? Did God really say like like I you know I know the Bible says this, and then it's like but but reason kicks in and says well. You know, I, I know this is what you know it kind of looks like. God said this, but He's kind of outdated. Uh, I think I know what's best. <coughs> if I could say this, church, that's a very dangerous way to live. And uh, this doesn't give the Christians a right to be, to be mean or unkind or anything like that, but, but simply this that go with God. Like, like, is your life going to be built on your reason and, and, and trying, to, trying to figure everything out? I, I embrace that I serve a God that does things beyond my mind and are bigger than who I am. I'm going to talk about that in a moment. But here's the fourth thing, feelings. Feelings. Build our lives on our feelings. We've all been here. Fe- your feelings are real, but they're not always true. <laughs> Can I get a witness? <laughs> our feelings. Our feelings. Maturity is whenever we live our lives by our commitments and not our feelings. Here's here's the challenge in your notes make God's word the foundation of your life. Like, make God's word the foundation of your life. Not popular culture, not reason, not tradition, not your feelings. Make God, like, let's make God's word the foundation of who we are and our families and what we do. I want to turn uh, back to Matthew 7, 24 in the message paraphrase. This is so good, everybody, so good. It says this, these words that I speak to you, watch this, they're not incidental additions to your life. Like the word of God is not just something extra in our life. And I love how uh, the message paraphrase says, it's not homeowner improvements to your standard of living. I got a question. How many in your home? You have some homeowner improvements you would like to do. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I could have both hands up. My wife. I don't know if she's in the serve team room, but she's like, "That's right. We have some things." I have a honey do list. Any guys in the You have a honey do list. Like, I need uh, I need walls painted, uh, banisters taken care of. You got things outside that you need to do. And 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 here's here's what God's saying. That all of those things, that's not what the Word's supposed to be. The Word is not supposed to just be a fresh paint job in your living room. The Word isn't supposed to be just some new, a new couch or, or, a new, uh, or a new picture on the wall. That's not the Word. The Word is supposed to be the foundation of the house. The Word is supposed to be the thing that goes underneath that everything else sits on. And so, don't make it just something extra. Like, oh, if it's just if, if if I get the word today, awesome. If I don't, no big deal. No, it's the foundation. Like, I wouldn't even have a house if I didn't have the foundation. Like, like it's the foundation of my life. He goes on to say, they're foundational words. I love this next phrase: words to build a life on. Church, we need some words to build a life on. If you work these into your life. You're like a smart carpenter who built his house on a solid rock. So how do we do this? I want to get practical, and, and I'm going to be quick here this morning. Here's the first thing. How do we build, like how do we make God the founda- God's word the foundation of our life? Number one, accept its authority. Accept its authority. So it all begins with our attitude. How are you going to view the Bible? Is it just a good book? Is it a historical book? I'll say to you, it'll never work until you work it into your life. I believe, we believe here at City Hills that in the closed canon of Scripture that the Bible is the inerrant, infallible, perfect Word of God. Like it's not something we add to or something we take away. We we, we accept its authority. So I don't know if I can do that. I don't understand it. You know, there are tons of things in life I don't understand, but I still do it. Like I don't understand digestion, but I'm going to eat after these services today. (laughs) You don't have to understand it to accept it. First Thessalonians 2:13 says, "We thank God continually because when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you accepted it." The word received there is the word dekomai which literally means welcoming a stranger. You ever read the Bible and you felt like, "Man, this is strange." <laughs> it feels strange compared to our culture, it feels strange compared to maybe reason, it feels strange? He says, if you'll welcome in the strange things that you don't understand of the word of God and you'll accept it, not as the word of men, but actually as it is the word of God, watch this, it will get in your life and it will start working. It's at work in you. You want the word to work? Accept it. Ask God to help you. Here's here's, Here's really the question if you're accepting his authority. Two questions. Number one, what do I do when I don't understand the word? Like what do I do when I don't get it? I'm very comfortable not getting it all. Like I'm very comfortable with a God that's bigger than Brandon's brain. Because if 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 God if I could just read the Bible, everything make perfect sense, then that would mean God is only as big as my brain. And I'll say and then I'll say this, I don't want a God that's just as big as my brain. I want a God that does things above and beyond my brain. I'm very comfortable believing that God knows better than me and that, 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 that in the end, His way will be true and right. That's, that's, that's the choice that I've made. Like my kids, they don't understand at 6, four, at six and 4 that, that all of my commands. They do not get my commands, everybody. But, but me as a good father, they may not understand, but I'm going to make sure that I give them the good word. I'm going to make sure I give them what they need. And I just believe God's a greater father than ever. than I could ever imagine. I think the first sound in heaven is going to be this. Oh. That's what all this is about. Like, there's so much on this side of heaven we won't understand. Here's the second question. What do I do when I do understand the Bible, but I don't like the Bible? Like, I don't like what it says. And 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 I'll say this. I don't don't understand everything in the Bible. If I could say this, I don't like everything in the Bible either. There are things about the Bible that I don't understand and other things I think if I was writing it, I wouldn't have have put that in there. But church, I've made a decision I pre-decided years ago. I'm not going to adjust the Bible to fit me, but I'm going to adjust me to fit the Bible. And at that point, a foundation begins to be formed in our lives. Again, it doesn't give us the right to be mean or better than anybody else, but to simply say, God, your word is the foundation. When I don't understand it, I'm gonna trust you. When I do understand it and don't like it, I'm still gonna trust you because your word is true. That's why Isaiah 55, eight says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are beyond anything you could imagine for just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So accept it. Here's the second thing. Prioritize it, prioritize it. Put it first. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. So I want to turn our attention. What's the first thing in our lives? Here, here's some ideas about the first in, in, in with the word. Number one, put the word first in my week. Put the word first in my week. And I commend you for coming to church. Like, for taking this week and saying, God, before I'm getting into what I'm about to get into this week. Like, I don't know what decisions I'm going to have to make. I don't know what calls I'm going to receive. I don't know what wisdom I'm going to need. But I do know this. I need God, and I need His Word in my life. So, so let's make the habit and make the practice to come to church. And if I could just encourage you with this. predecide this. Like, I, there's people that have said to me after service Seems like most weeks... But I'm so glad I came today. And there's something deep down on the inside that wants to ask the question, you mean you didn't, you didn't plan on coming? Like, go ahead and just decide. God gets first. Like, I, I want Him to be the first in my week. Like, like, we need to hear the Word. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. Paul wrote to Timothy and says, Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. Like there's something that's powerful happen, happening whenever we hear the word of God read over us. And, and we come together and we, we, we center our lives on his word. So I commend you for that. Make it the first of your week. Here's, here's the second thing. Make the word the first in my day. What's the first thing that you did today? What's the first thing that you did yesterday? If, you were, if you've been a part of 21 days of prayer, you're like, the first thing I did was Come pray. And that's what's so awesome about 21 days, honestly, because it's priority in your life. And my challenge is this. Before you get your phone out and get on Facebook, before you check email, before you check the stock market, before you check the news, before you check um, what's, what's happening in any other arena of life, I just encourage you, see what the Word says. Like, put the word very first in your life. Like, make that the very, like, before your eyes open up and, and, you, and you jump on whatever, you're, whatever you do, whatever the habit is in your life, make, the, make it a habit of putting the word first in your life. Psalm one nineteen one oh five says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I just love this illustration. Uh, production team, could, I, could you guys turn off all the lights for me in the, in the screen? Um, I think a lot of times we think the word is like light that lights up um, everything, everything in our life But this, the scripture says this about the word Thank you guys It says the word is this This is what the word is It's not light to make sense of every aspect of life in the future, and the past It's just simply this, light for today Light for my feet That's what the word is so, church, what would it look like if just once a week for 30, for 30 minutes we had a little bit of light and then we had to walk the rest of our life like this? Walk the rest of our week like this? Make decisions all week like this? No light, no word. Church, that's why every morning we need to wake up and turn on the light and just say, God, what's your word for me? Maybe it's one scripture. Maybe, thank you, guys. You can turn, turn back up the lights for me. Maybe it's just one scripture, but just turn the light on in your life. And it, we, we have tools on our church website, cityhills.com. You can on, click on One Year Bible, the One Year Bible. It's right there on the homepage. Or you can go on the City Hills app and every day there's a new devotion on there. Every day there's a reading plan. It's what I do every day, the one-year Bible. And there's all kinds of resources and for your prayer time. We took all the songs that we've been listening to during 21 days of prayer and there's a playlist on that page on the website and you can play that music and you can spend time in worship and spend time in the Word. Make God's Word the very first of your day. That's why the Scripture says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. That we need that word in our life. Here's, here's the third thing. Make God's word first in my family. Make it first in my family. Like center your life, your family on the word. Deuteronomy 11:19 19 says, Teach them or teach God's word, the, the truths of God's word, the law, to your children. Talking about them, watch this, When you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. So in other words, all the time. In the morning, at night, when, you, when you're going down the road, just make, make this the practice of your life. And, 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 and I'll say this. This is, can be an intimidating thing because you think, how am I supposed to... I, I can barely get my kids to, like, get their clothes on and not, you know, die in the morning, and I'm supposed to disciple them in the Word every day? Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, wake up with worship songs, you know, and, and disciple them in the Word? You know, I, I'm, I'm the pastor, and I get intimidated But how do I disciple my own kids, and how do I make this in the Word? And, man, our kids team here, City Hills Kids, uh, they have made it so, so easy. We have a free app you can download called the Parent Q. And you could download that app. It's absolutely free. It's been paid for because you're such a generous church. And that you can click on it. You can find City Hills, and then it will show you what your kids are learning, whether they're um, whether they're uh, from from birth in the nursery. You'll you'll hear what scriptures are there they're they're speaking over them, what songs they're learning, and then from from preschool to elementary, even our middle school and high schoolers, you can put the ages of your kids in there, and then it'll give you questions to ask them. It'll give you Bible verses to go over it'll give you videos that you can watch together at night and this is what me and my family do every single day it's the conversation and we've been talking last few weeks over there about wisdom and so every day when I drop Hudson off for school I say okay find some wisdom today and every day when he gets home son what wisdom did you find today and it just gives us the word becomes a center of our family we need this not just one time on Sunday we need this in our homes it's got to be the foundation here's the fourth thing make it first in my friends Like, get some people around you that you can talk the word with. This is why we're launching small groups next week. Like, find a group of people where you can get your friends, relationships. They're centered on the word. Put that in your life. And here's the the third thing about the word number three. Use it. Musicians, you could come. Use it. That the word is a weapon to be able to fight the... The enemy in our life. That's why Ephesians chapter 6 says that the word is actually the sword of the spirit. Like in our armor that we're putting on, the word that's the weapon against the enemy in our lives. So I like to say this for every situation, find a word. For every problem, find a word. And then when you find that word, use it as a weapon against the enemy and live it, pray it, do it for whatever you're going through. Find a word. For every weapon, a word for every season. And then here's the fourth thing about the word. And I love this. This is my favorite. See God's love on every page. See God's love on every page. My kids and I, someone told me about this resource called the Jesus Storybook Bible. And um, I'd recommend it to any parent in the house. And really anybody who's new to Christianity that has trouble seeing kind of the overarching view of the Bible. This is awesome. It's powerful. I was reading it a few weeks ago whenever I first bought it. I was sitting at Jason's Deli reading it. Just me and a children's book. Eating my salad. And it was uh, was so powerful. I was sitting there. I was crying. And uh, I looked over and I connected eyes with a guy that was at the table next to me. And I'm sure he thought I was really weird. But well, we started not too long ago reading this to, our, I started reading this to my, my kids at night. And I want to read to you the very first page of this of what the word is in our lives. And this is written to kids, but man, we can miss what the word is. It says this God wrote, I love you. I actually have the, God wrote, I love you. He wrote it in the sky and on the earth and under the sea. He wrote his message everywhere because God created everything in his world to reflect him like a mirror to show us what he's like and to help us know him to make our hearts sing the way a kitten chases her tail the way red poppies grow wild the way dolphin swims and God put it in words too and he wrote it in a book called the Bible now some people think the Bible's a book of rules telling you what you should and shouldn't do the Bible certainly does have some rules in it they show you how life works best but the Bible isn't mainly about you and what you should be doing. It's about God and what He's done. Other people think the Bible is a book of heroes, showing you people you should copy. The Bible does have some heroes in it, but as soon you'll soon to find out most of the people in the Bible aren't heroes at all. They made some pretty big mistakes and sometimes on purpose. They get afraid and run away, and at times they're just downright mean. No, the Bible isn't a book of rules or a book of heroes, the Bible's most of all a story. It's an adventure story about a young hero who comes from a far country to win back his lost treasure. It's a love story about a brave prince who leaves his palace, his throne, everything to rescue the one he loves. It's like the most wonderful of fairy tales that has come true in real life. You see, the best thing about the story is it's true. There are lots of stories in the Bible but all the stories are telling one big story the story of how God loves his children and comes to rescue them. It takes the whole Bible to tell this story and at the center of the story there's a baby. Every story in the Bible whispers his name. He's like the missing piece in a puzzle the piece that makes all other pieces fit together and suddenly you can see a beautiful picture. This is no ordinary baby. This is the child upon whom everything would depend. This is the child who would one day, but wait. Our stories start where all stories start, right at the beginning. Church, I'm not asking you to just read the Bible like, okay, I'm going to read 15 minutes tomorrow. No. Let's value His voice. It's a love story. When we found out we were having our oldest son, you get real creative when you've, with your first kid my third kid poor guy we barely have any pictures of him but the first kid whenever we found out we were pregnant we bought a journal and I started writing in that book I just felt compelled to do this and I, I remember taking that journal and I wrote you don't know who I am but I'm your dad and I just wanted to tell you that me and your mom love you so much. We don't know if you're a boy or a girl yet. But we want you to know. And, and we would write in that journal before that little baby was born. And I feel like in, there was a heart, something in me, the heart of a dad, that wanted to communicate love to a child before they can even understand. And do you understand that's what the word is in our lives? Like God wrote you a story of love. So every day, let's value His voice in our lives. Let's let, let's let all the other voices be, be quieter. Let's turn the channel. Value the voice in our lives. Let's pray here this morning. Lord, I just want to thank You for Your Word. Lord, it's easy to just get religious about all this and pride ourselves in how much of it we read. And Lord, I don't want to just read a book. I want to hear Your voice. I need to hear your voice. I want to be like that early church, God. I pray that you would just illuminate in us the areas where we're, we're listening to some wrong voices. And Lord, I just thank you that you don't bend to what's popular because it's not what's good for us. not always what's good for us. God, but you've stood true and you've never changed. And we need that in our lives. I need that in my lives. We need that in this church. Lord, let this church be built on your word, built on your voice. Let our families be built on your word, built on your voice. So every day, let's turn the light on, oh God. We want to hear what it is you'd have to say. We thank you. In Jesus' name.